0: Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Am I the Asshole podcast? I'm Danny Vega. Today, joined by my lovely London co-host. That's right, folks. We welcome Dan Cleland, one of our executive producers to the program. Dan, thank you for joining me today.
2: Hi, Danny. Thank you for having me.
1: Dan, I had to apologize to you because you are our kind of featured guest during the Bad Art Friend saga, and you reached out to me and you were like, "Danny, I can't find my episode. And I realized I didn't even put your name in the episode. I was such a maniac for the Don Dorland saga. So public apology. Here we go.
2: That's all good. That's all good. Don't worry. You're not the bad podcast host. So that's the most important thing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right. So you were telling me this is great because, you know, we actually covered a situation about Um, a gay person. So we're going to, we're going to kind of cover that situation again, because some people had issues with how Sarah and I covered it. Very fair. We love to hear it folks. Um, but you, uh, you are gay and you're actually the producer of a documentary. This is crazy. The documentary, Are You Proud? I watched the trailer. It looked very interesting. I'm a big doc fan. So what's the deal? Did this come out already? Yeah, what's going on?
2: So yes, I am indeed gay, and I am indeed the producer of Are You Proud, which is a feature documentary that was out in... uh, We released it in the UK in 2019, and it's been... Are played at festivals all around the world and we are just gearing up now for a release in the US actually which is going to come out oh. a, a bit later this year which is very exciting uh, It's uh, it's been taking a bit longer than we would have hoped but you, you can understand the past two years have been difficult for film releasing um, for understandable yeah. reasons yeah <laughs> um, right. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a it's documentary about the fifty year history of the Pride movement in the UK, and it covers the first organising in uh, London um, wow. at, in uh, for LGBT people, um, and it covers you know fifty years of history uh, through Pride organising um, from all the different. LGBTQ plus communities uh, from older activists. We've got people of color in the film. We have trans activists, both uh, trans men and trans women talking about their experiences. Mm. Um, and it really tries to look at the history of where the movement has gone over the past few decades and really question where pride as a movement is now in the UK. right? And what it needs to be for and uh, what it should be doing.
1: Well, I think I want to throw a... a- Hopefully a softball at you, you know, because I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, they wouldn't even ask this because they'd be like, obviously that's stupid. But, you know, there is that there is a part of society that, you know, thinks straight pride is acceptable. I just I'm curious your answer as someone who made a documentary, you know, why why shouldn't you have a straight pride?
2: So. uh, (laughs) I mean, besides (laughs)
1: besides the fact that it's gross,
2: besides that. No, head head was. (laughs) 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 there's nothing wrong with being heterosexual Danny I believe there are bars you you can go to there are groups you can meet with I can't go
1: to bars don't you know anything about me I can't handle any bar
2: fair enough Um, (laughs) so uh, I mean the obvious answer is that uh, straight people aren't oppressed And um, I know that there are some straight people who feel like they are oppressed, but the reality is uh, heterosexuality is kind of the default. I'm not going to call it the norm. It's the default, isn't it? Everybody pops out at birth and people look at that baby and they go, oh, this this baby is straight. And more often than not, well, you know, generally people look at the babies and assume what their gender is as well, for example. but People never look at their babies and think that baby might be gay, that baby might be trans. So we all grow up in a world where heterosexuality is the default. The pride movement's born out of the idea of wanting to stand up and say, uh, we're different and that's okay. And that Mm. can be Um, queer pride, it could be black pride, it could be, uh, you know, the women's movement as well. All of these different groups that are oppressed by, frankly, patriarchy, let's call it what it is, um, have been campaigning for decades or even centuries in some of those movements. And pride marches, you know, we generally think of a pride march as being a queer thing, but... I'm not a person of colour, but the, the Black Lives Matter movement is is essentially a pride march because it's about taking pride in being a person of colour and fighting for the rights for black people, especially in America, not to be marginalised and or oppressed by the police or killed by the police over minor ridiculous things. So I, I bring all three of those things together specifically mm-hmm. because it's one of the things we touch on in the film in terms of Huey P. Newton inviting... Queer activists and women's rights activists to his conference in Philadelphia in the I think it was 1970 because he realised that the only way for black people to to gain equality and, and freedom in America was by uh, solidarity with the other movements that were also fighting for equality and freedom. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, I think he was incredibly progressive as a as a civil rights activist and, and leader, and recognised the need to reach out to other people also fighting for um freedom and equality and um i would say the reason we don't really need straight pride is because there isn't really straight oppression i don't think it exists that's pride pride exists to question authority to question power and straight is essentially the most powerful position you can be in realistically so sorry no straight pride march for you danny
1: I wasn't planning on it, but I I loved your answer. The other question I had is, you know, you're in London and I do like to roast London over there. I mean, I think you guys are you're trying your best. You know, it's cute um but we we do our best we try (laughs) no i'm curious you know i know a little bit about i mean very little about you know pride in new york city i know a little bit about the stonewall riots and stuff like that that kind of happened in the west village in new york never heard anyone mention a london locale like are there any kind of uk specific things when that movement was kind of coming up was it a us-centric movement What, what was the deal there
2: so america definitely doesn't have the monopoly on pride One of the really exciting things about making this film has been, um, uh, it's exciting and it's slightly frustrating at the same time as well. It's frustrating from a sales perspective, which is a slightly boring Mm. inside baseball thing to say, but I'll tell you why I bring that up. Is one of the things we've been trying to do, we've successfully sold the film, to an American distributor, We've, um, we were in a few different other countries as well. But one of the things we also face when we try and sell to other countries is local TV broadcasters often say, well, no, we like the film, but it's, you know, it's not the story of um, you know, Danish pride and our, our viewers are going to want to see Danish pride. Not that that's what somebody specifically said to me, or perhaps, right, but... Right.
1: Um, that sounds almost like they're talking about breakfast pastries, which is also oh, interesting,
2: oh, but oh, a different
1: different okay. podcast. I'm getting but excited. D-
2: yeah, Pastries Pride is also <laughs> very important. What's What's interesting about our film is, yes, it's a story that's based in the UK, and it's it's the story of, of UK LGBTQ plus pride and the, the movement that's grown up here. But it's a kind of, there's universality to queer experience, Around the world, and queer Mm. people are inspired by this history, and it inspires them to go and discover their own history. I I know that in the U.S., for example, there was a series on um, FX that went through. I think they had six a six hours documentary series that that was called Pride, and it went through the decades and um, did a very similar exploration to the one that we did. Uh, we obviously, we've got a 90-minute documentary. They did six hours of TV on on the FX networks. And it's, uh, it's a really great show. It's a really great series. And um, I think... It's about queer experience and therefore queer people are interested. Danish queer people would have been really interested in this story and would have been inspired to go and see it if that particular station had been willing to take our film. But sadly, they weren't because um, quite often what happens is you get heterosexual people picking up queer stories and looking at them and going, is my audience going to like this? And not necessarily understanding that a queer audience is a bit more open to international work than necessarily perhaps heterosexual audiences are.
1: That rings very true with me, you know, with what little I know. Uh, Now, I like something you did because, you know, you brought this situation up that we had gotten some flack about this situation, about coming out of the closet, which we're going to get to. But, you know, I thought it was interesting. You were like, look, I'm a gay person, but I'm a white man. You kind of like hit that there. And there's sort of all these like uh, hierarchies going about. But I, I thought I think an interesting thing um, that's occurred to me, at least, is that, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to say anyone's experiences easier than any others, but certainly as from my, from where I'm sitting, at least there's a lot more, uh, g- the gay jokes, right? I've never really heard, you hear very few lesbian jokes. They're all gay jokes. Men make approximately, you know, boomers make approximately a hundred gay jokes per second. That's an actually That's actually science. Like I hung out with some kind of older guys and they're just constantly making gay and they weren't saying slurs or anything, but just constantly with the gay jokes. I mean, and it's part of how every like guy gets brought up, you get called names, you know, like that's, that's queer, right? Like queer was kind of reappropriated or, or whatever. Cause you used to get called that when you were a kid and there was that game, like smear, smear the queer. It was like, you know, it's horrible now, but, um, what? sorry. No, you never heard of this? <laughs> that, no, just what? my, that was just my, the my school. Smear
2: the queer. I'm sorry. <laughs> I swore. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. <laughs> You're like going to have to explain this game to me. Cause I've never yeah, heard No, that.
1: it wasn't, it sounds, Probably a little worse than it is. I mean, it, it was going with that sort of that thing of like, you know, straight guys calling each other gay or, or really just adolescent males calling each other gay constantly. So it's part of that kind of oeuvre or, or however you want to call it. And the, the game has nothing to do with being gay. It's just that whoever has the ball is the person everyone tries to tackle. And so you just kind of try to hold on to the ball for as long as possible. But yeah, but that, that was, do you feel like, you know, I and I understand, you know, I, obviously there's like, this like women get paid less than men so you're like you get a benefit from that but i don't know it's not necessarily clear to me that it's easier to be gay than it is to be lesbian i I was just curious how do you feel about how it's affected you you know you know being gay in this culture where people make gay jokes where men make gay jokes a lot
2: so uh, i would say uh so firstly about the jokes thing Mm -hmm. i think um the reason we know more gay jokes we know more jokes directed at the idea of a man being weaker if he's gay or queer or whatever is about taking down men uh, because the most important thing uh, and I'm going to I'm going to sound like a bit uh, (laughs) over woke I think because I'm going to say patriarchy again because a lot of it is about to my mind is about reinforcing the idea that what you must be as a man to be successful is straight is white is wealthy is all of these things so if you can take away those things then you can knock a person down or you can You you can make someone appear weaker, which is why I would say gay jokes are largely focused on men or or gay men, if you like, rather than jokes about women, because women are already in a subjugated position because women Mm. are oppressed. Therefore, That's a
1: great point. I love that.
2: If a woman is gay, well, it doesn't matter. She's still only a woman anyway. So what does it matter? It's not important. If you're if you're the kind of person that's telling gay jokes and think they're funny, you're probably the kind of person that isn't especially embracing the idea of, right. of female emancipation. So, so it's almost
1: like society is already so sexist. They don't
2: also need to be mean to lesbians. That's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird. It, I guess because uh, it's kind of, you know, sexism, homophobia, racism. They kind of go hand in hand. Right. Um, if you've got one, you've probably got a little bit of one of the other if not both so that's what I would say about that in terms of how I think it's affected me personally I've it's definitely you know being gay has definitely shaped the course of my life especially because I came out at a very young age I think I was about 17 or 18 when I came out you you said that was very young do you stand behind that that's interesting to me um, well, I mean, I have friends that have come out in their twenties. I, I, I dated someone who was 25 and wasn't out. I mean, I, I was wow. assent- for the, for the entirety of, we, we didn't date for very long. We went out for nine months, but for the entirety of our relationship, uh, he was only out to me, essentially. He was out to right. my friends because he met them. He met some of my family, but he wasn't out at work. He wasn't out to his family, He wasn't out to his friends. So our entire relationship was spent with him connecting with my life but me not connecting with his at all you know it's one of the reasons that imploded it so he was he was 25 and he was not out I, one of my best friends uh, who i've known for about 12 years now didn't come out until he was 30 people 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 find their way to coming out sometimes in their teens sometimes i mean some some people do it even earlier apparently uh, i think that's a new thing but but there are plenty of people now not coming out till they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s. Some people at the end of their lives, in their 60s or 70s or 80s even, finally coming out and being open about who they are. So it's the really weird thing about being queer is that at some point you actually have to make the decision to embrace it and do something about it. And some people never do it. Some people stay in the closet their entire life. Some people, like I say, wait till they're in their 60s, 70s, 80s. Slightly bonkers.
1: Well, yeah, I have some more questions, but I think we'll get to them in this situation. Um, but it, it is a really, you know, it's an interesting thing and it's something that I know nothing about, you know. Um, so I'm like sitting here, I'm almost like, well, I came out as sober, which is like not the
2: same thing at all. It's, it's like- you say that, but I do think, <laughs> I think that is an important thing because also, again, our society does default to drinking. Yeah, Our you're right. Society, okay. There's so much of life which revolves around <laughs> drinking.
1: Yeah, right? No, you're right.
2: You're right. To come out and say to people, "I'm not going to drink," not only does um, it change the way they think about you, you know, it can it can ruin some relationships because lots of people sometimes I, I know when when people have come out and said, "I have a problem. I want to stop drinking." Not I'm saying that you say you had a problem, but you want to stop drinking some people get really threatened by that and um, feel like it's, it's a challenge to the way they drink or the way they act. Absolutely. And um, coming out as, yeah. So coming out as sober, I think is, is comparable. There's a suppression of sober people, but it's, Definitely a thing. It definitely exists. So the,
1: the sober pride parade would be the saddest thing you've ever seen. Just a bunch of people <laughs> drinking LaCroix and shit, wearing, wearing like short sleeve dress shirts, holding books. Got one heck of a net for you guys today. Plenty of hot takes. So excited to have Dan here. Our second story of the day, AITA for coming out as gay at my sister's wedding. But first, it is a, we're we're redoing this. So thank you so much to Dan for bringing this back to us. By the way, guys, please rate, review, and subscribe. We'd love it if you joined us on Patreon. Dan is a uh, executive producer level, much like he is a producer of Are You Proud? The documentary, check it out. Um, He is a executive producer of the podcast. We really appreciate his contribution. So um, he's a badass. Here we go. Would I be the asshole if I don't go to my daughter's wedding? About 10 years ago, a close friend of our daughter's came out as gay. This friend in particular slept over at our house so much that she was almost like a daughter to us. We even had a separate bedroom in our daughter's bed. Sorry, we even had a separate bed in our daughter's bedroom just for her. We found out she was gay. Our husband and I had a discussion about whether we should continue to let her sleep in our daughter's bedroom or if we should move her to the guest bedroom. We were hesitant, but we had a convo with our daughter, who was 17 at the time, and she told us that even if her friend tried anything, she would shut it down because she was straight. It made sense. We believed our daughter was trustworthy and responsible, and so we allowed the friend to continue sleeping in her room. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. They finished senior year and went off to college. We never suspected anything. Every time they would come home for the holidays, my daughter brought a boy with her and my daughter's friend brought a girl with her. Come to find out that the boy we thought our daughter was dating was actually dating the girl that we thought our daughter's friend was dating. And the way we found out is because one day I get an invitation in the mail to a wedding for our daughter and her friend. I was so confused. I called my daughter thinking there had been some type of typo. No answer. I call the friend and I can barely ask what's going on before the friend breaks down crying and confesses that her and my daughter have been in a relationship for a decade. It was around the time we agreed to let her sleep in our daughter's room. Husband and I felt, nay, feel so betrayed. Our daughter gets on the phone and says, mom, dad, I know you're upset. And I promise we'll talk after the wedding and I'll explain everything. I said, okay, we'll talk after the wedding. I hang up. The next day she calls me, I pick up and say, why are you calling me? I thought you didn't want to talk until after the wedding. She said, we are, but I wanted to know what times you're available so we'd go get measured for our dresses. And I said, what do you mean we? You don't think that our your father and I are going to your wedding, do you? You lie to us for 10 years for no reason. And you expect us to just automatically disregard that? We'll talk after the wedding. I haven't spoken to my daughter since, and the wedding is sometime this month. My husband and I have been getting a lot of calls from family members on both sides telling us we're being selfish for ruining our daughter's special day over something that happened ten years ago. AITA. Dan, lead us off here.
2: Yes, you're a massive gaping asshole. Wow, he went what? right for the verdict, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Just he jumped
2: I jumped right in. This I I I had forgotten this. Um, and I remember you guys debating it and the reason we brought this back up is because a reviewer said you and Sarah as straight people shouldn't be sitting in judgement of a queer person and you needed a gay perspective and as a gay person you don't need a gay perspective on this particular situation because mm. this person is clearly an arsehole there's an enormous failure uh, lack of communication in this family there's some sort of, God knows what missing, missing reasons are here about the relationship between the parents and their daughter who apparently found no way to come out to her parents uh, between the ages of what I don't know 18 and or 28 or something sure. maybe rough ages sure. let's guess that and now they're in this bizarre like this entrenchment of okay you've just found out that your daughter is gay that she's actually been in a secret relationship for a decade with the person that you believed was her friend they've they've done this crazy stuff where they've brought they've co-opted friends into this lie to to not come out to you If that doesn't provoke any kind of insight into you, into understanding Mm. what made our daughter lie to us for a decade. And actually it's kind of there in the words is that, uh, you know, we're going to talk to you after the wedding. We're not even going to try and talk to you before the wedding. We don't want to talk to you now, now that we finally found out this thing. Well, hold on, hold on.
1: OP, OP said, I promise we'll talk after the wedding.
2: So they
1: wanted to talk now. The, The parents did.
2: Oh, I see. Okay, so I've gone slightly... Okay, even then... Hold on, but doesn't she then say, come dress shopping with us? OP's daughter doesn't want to have the
1: conversation, but does want to involve Mother in the planning process.
2: (laughs) It's really weird, and... I don't know. So, okay, so look, I'm going to make it personal. I'm going to say, because I actually I was talking about this earlier. So when I came, I came out at 18, I think. Right. I came out to my mom because I was failing school. And she said, you know, maybe, uh, yeah. I mean, this is how long ago I came out. I was failing school for, uh, failing the year at school. And I was like, I was going to go, have to go back and repeat. And she said, you know, maybe it's not for you. Maybe you should do something else. Maybe you should join the army. And I was like, well, there's a really big reason why I can't join the army. And, ah. and came out to her as gay, because at that point, we couldn't join the army in the UK. Uh, that has since changed in my lifetime. My dad was away on business. He came back. My mum had spoken to him and explained to him what was going on. And I came back from work and I could see him out on the patio. And I was in the kitchen. And I was like, "Oh, okay, here it goes. It's going to happen now." And he came in and he just gave me a big hug and said, "You're my son. I love you no matter what." Aww. And so I, <laughs> uh, I loved my dad before he said that. I well fight anyone to the death that ever comes at my father because he's an amazing person. And that is the response any queer person wants when they come out is support, love, just to know that person is in their corner. And what I do understand for OP here is that when her daughter came out to her, it's this bombshell that's just gone off in her life. Because I, I do know that for the families of queer people, when you come out to them, as a queer person, when you come out, you, you shock them because they think they know who you are. And what you do is reveal to them, you're not actually who I thought you were. You're someone different. Right. You're probably not actually that different. But I'd, what I talked about earlier, I've defaulted you into straight. And now I've just found out, oh, you're not straight. So you're probably not going to get married to a man. Are, are you going to have children? Are you going to give me grandchildren? Like who are you? And, and, and what, what else don't I know about you? So it, it can be a big shock to people when they come out, especially when you come out to your parents. And I get that this is a real surprise for the for, for Opie and her husband, but it doesn't seem like she has tried very hard to then reach back out to her daughter and say, please, can we meet now and talk? I don't understand how we have grown so far apart. What's this distance that's appeared between us? Right, right. Um if it had been that she'd been willing to go along with her daughter and okay, you don't want to talk about this till after the wedding. Okay. I have to accept that. I'll I'll come dress shopping with you and I'll come to your wedding and I'll support you. And then we can talk more about what's gone on. I would be, kind of minded to say that you're because I think you challenged me saying that OP was the one that didn't want to talk but OP is the one that's now said oh I'm not going to come to your wedding because I I want to talk to you about this and if I can't talk to you about it then I'm not going to come to the wedding so it seems like I guess you know the the daughter is I do feel like the daughter's in a very strange place to come out to a mum and say come to my wedding but I'm not going to talk to you about why I'm I've been lying to you for 10 years until after the wedding So I get that that's weird for OP, but OP then saying, well, I'm just not going to come to the wedding is I feel like that's worse. It feels worse to me because OP has finally been honest and opened herself up to be vulnerable to her parents. So I feel like OP's failed. That's why I think she's the arsehole. Is that really harsh?
1: <laughs> I mean, Well, no, I don't think it's really harsh. I mean, I, I think it's not crystal clear to me. I, I guess I want to go into a little bit more about coming out. You know, you even said at the top uh, that, you know, there's people who go in their 40s, 50s, 60s without coming out. Um, I think mm-hmm. I guess I'd like to understand more your perceptions, you know, because you came out early. It sounds like your family was supportive. We love to see mm-hmm. it. But not everyone's family is like that, obviously, mm-hmm. you know even reading this, kind of playing it as it lays, I don't see bigotry here, but I do see potentially they're the kind of people who might say something like, well, it's not ideal if you're gay or something like that. Whatever, maybe they're just or whatever it may be that might make them slightly homophobic. But I I guess my cue for you is what... Yeah, I I think that's the problem, is that OP is viewing this as a fuck you, right? They're viewing this late coming out as a fuck you, so they feel disrespected by that. But should they or should they not necessarily like let's just say give me the best give me the give me the scenario where op actually never said anything bigoted you know they they have other gay friends whatever it's fine but this person just mm. wanted to stay in the closet cuz they wanted to stay in the closet for you know there's other reasons to stay in the closet besides absolutely. Their
2: parents absolutely absolutely so so queer people aren't uniform queer people uh, gay men lesbians trans people bi people pan people all the different kinds of different sexualities we have we 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 don't all come out the same way we don't all think the same way we don't all and i'm not saying that you're suggesting this i'm just saying the way we react to wanting to come out isn't necessarily the same as in you could have parents who had friends who are gay and assume that's going to be fine and that's not always <laughs> as well right because you c- you can have gay friends and then find out like i said, you can you can have loads of queer friends of your own gay men uh lesbians that are friends of yours as an adult and have children, and then your child comes out to you and you still freak out. Like Cher famously freaked out when Chaz Bono came out to her as lesbian when they were living as a woman. And it's Cher. Like she hadn't been around queer people in the 70s all all <laughs> of the time. And she still freaked out when her daughter came out. Her son came out. Apologies for misgendering Chaz Bono there. Queer people can just not want, not even want to come out sometimes. Yeah. They might be so, you know, private and not want to, even if even if it's really obvious to everyone. Like, of course you're gay. We knew, we've always known. Because this is the other thing with this with this OP, it's really unclear what their relationship is like. Because we've only been we've been given ten years worth of history in about four paragraphs, and it's their daughter's friend used to come over and stay. Their daughter's friend would also come over at Christmas with other friends. But other than that, there's nothing else about their relationship. So is their relationship terrible in other ways as well? Are these parents right, controlling? Right. Are they, like like you said, are they really religious? Are they really conservative? Uh, within, you know, don't have to be religious to be conservative. Um, but that doesn't mean you're not, you know, follow a slightly uh, regressive mindset right, around right. the way so people Subtle be. things that could have been hurtful. All of those things. And... um I, they don't sound particularly close either, and that's true. That could that can be another thing is like um, if you're not if you don't have a particularly close friendship, uh, close relationship with your family, with your parents, then there might be another reason why you just have uh, an arm's length sense of when you're actually going to come out to them. Uh, I've known people who haven't come out to their parents. They're out to their friends. They're out at work, but they're just not out to their f- parents or their family and they're like oh I'm, I'm gonna come out when i have a boyfriend and yeah literally it seems like i'm gonna come out when i need to come out to them and you're like right. "But you're you're out in all other aspects of your life so why are you not out to your parents is it is that that conversation really scary it's also you made you quite rightly made the point that coming out is a thing that you should do when you feel safe and when you are not necessarily financially supported by your um, and you have the security to know that if you come out and you are rejected, that rejection is not going to end up with you being homeless. I
1: think we agree here. I mean, I, I and I appreciate I appreciate you setting the record
2: straight on this. I think I set the record gay, Danny. Go. <laughs>
1: there we go. Would I be the asshole if I don't go to my daughter's wedding? P is is an asshole. I think you nailed it. I think we agree on this. Why? Mm. Hey, folks. Right? I mean, we need to. I hold on. I need to dig a little deeper because I don't fully understand. Dan. I okay. So let me just be. Let me, in my head, be the parent of a gay person. My, I need to express love, love, support, and of course, I will seek to understand. Right? If they went ten years without telling me or twenty years without telling me, it's understandable that I'd want to understand. But it's also just understanding that this is a sensitive thing. It's a tough thing to talk about. It's not necessarily easy to share. I mean, if it's not coming from the parents, right? Because we talked about that situation. Maybe the parents are very loving, but the person still didn't want to come out to them. There could be good reasons for that.
2: Well, this is the thing is like, gay people aren't just gay. We're sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, cousins. Family dynamics are more complicated than just our sexuality. And you might be the golden child in a family, you might be Mm. the outcast, you might be the black sheep, not because you're gay, but because you're the artistic one and everyone else wants to be a doctor or a lawyer. Um, There's all the other elements at play in family dynamics that affect why someone might delay coming out to their family, not least because of their their sexuality, but but like I say, all these other extraneous factors that, that are the things that make... Like I say, gay people aren't homogenous in our approach. We're not. We're not all wanting to come out at a certain point because you wake up one morning and go like, "Oh, I'm gay. It's time to tell everyone." <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's not like an alarm goes off or or, or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> oh shit! It's time to come out. Um, but you kind of said, "What what should one do as a parent if your child comes out to you?" Um, Tell them you love them, tell them you support them, tell them you're here for them, whatever they need, which doesn't mean that, you know, you have to give your kids no boundaries because they come out as gay. You still have to treat them the same way you would your other children, but just let them know that you're there for them. Right. Um, I read a really interesting, I think it was just a comment on someone's thread about um, someone that had come out and I think a, a teen had come out to either maybe an aunt or something. And the aunt's reaction was kind of neutral. Mm-hmm. And then someone else in the comments had put like, yeah, when my kids came out, one of my kids came out to me and I just shrugged and went, okay. And they got really upset. I think this was the thread. It's like the kid got really upset after they came out because what yeah. they got back was a shrug. And it's like, yes, okay, that's great. That's a great reaction that it's it's inconsequential to you that they're gay. But what just happened was, the kid has probably been stressing about coming out for weeks or months or even years, maybe. And built this thing up to be massive because coming out has become this event. Like I say, you wait for the alarm to go off and then you have to go and tell everyone. And if you build build up anything in your head, that's going to be, this is going to be big. This is important. This is me coming out. This is me telling you something. And then the person goes, "Mm -hmm." Right. What are you supposed to feel about that? Yeah. You're going to feel shit. You're going to feel even even if what the person is intending is no, I'm here for you and I support you. If like, you don't actually just express that, if don't take just a minute out of your day to express that, of course you're going to upset the person that's literally on the verge of tears because they they're not quite sure exactly how you're going to respond. Even if that you've got queer friends. Yeah, like, yeah. That doesn't it isn't a pass that you're actually then going to turn around and embrace your queer child and say it's all fine cuz like i said people lose their minds sometimes right right and, and have the absolute worst reactions
1: right exactly there's a there's a massive potential that this could create this could ruin your life forever so you can't just go in at, at zero you know you've got to celebrate the moment if you're a parent because it's so it's so fearful the stakes are very high that makes sense to me you know, and, and like Good. I would do the same thing with a so not not again. We're just running this analogy. I'm not trying to say it's the same thing, but when my friends like, you know, I've been I haven't had a drink for you know a couple years now, and if I have a friend say like, oh yeah, I haven't had a drink for 30 days, you know, I'm not gonna treat them like shit. I'm gonna go congrats, that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's great. You know, yes. I'm not gonna be like, oh well, I've been oh, I've been doing this much longer than you. You know, like you want to meet that with praise because it's a tough, it's a challenging thing.
2: It's, um, it doesn't cost much to give someone affirmation. It doesn't, it really does. That's a great quote. And, um, and it's, it's kind of, it's such a low bar to pass. It really is. (laughs) Love
1: it. Love it. All right. Now we did that. We, we covered that folks. We recovered it. Hopefully we brought some people back in, you know, I know Sarah and I can be a little bit irresponsible covering things we're not necessarily experts on. So I'm getting in all my gay wedding stuff today, folks A-I-T-A, coming out as gay at, at my sister's wedding. Oh boy. This happened almost a year ago, but my family still gives me a hard time. I was wondering what other people thought. My 25M twin sister, 25F, so we got some fraternal twins, folks, got married last October to her longtime boyfriend. It was a big wed, huge venue, live band, everything. Every guest, including myself, got a plus one on their invite. I took the opportunity to invite a guy I'd been seeing for around three months. Things are getting kind of serious with this guy. It wasn't just a random date for the sake of bringing a plus one. To give some background, I come from a Polish family. They have always expressed liberal views when we seldom discuss politics or are watching the news together. They are traditionally Polish, however, in that we do not discuss feelings. <laughs> or really any details about our dating lives now that I'm an adult living away from home. My parents did not even meet my sister's now husband until they had dated for over a year. Well, that seems reasonable to me. A year, that's common. Whatever. When we arrived to the wedding, I introduced my date to my family and friends. They were shocked. I had not formally come out as gay. But my parents were seemingly very liberal and accepting of the LGBT community, so I never saw it as a teary, heartfelt moment that they expected Or thought was necessary. My sister never came out as straight. They put on a nice face and were very pleasant to my date in the moment. But after the wedding, I was met with a lot of anger or angry that I was gay. But that I took my sister's wedding as the quote unquote opportunity to come out. My sister compared it to announcing you're pregnant at a wedding and that I had totally stolen her thunder on her big day. My parents agree that it was attention-seeking to quote-unquote drop that bomb on a day that was intended to have the focus on my twin sister. I truly never intended to steal any attention, but simply bring a guest to my sister's wedding. I also want to add that my youngest brother, 19M, brought a girl he had been dating for less than a month to this wedding. No one batted an eye. My sister is angry with me to this day. Oh my God. And brings it up sometimes to make me feel bad. She claims she can't think of her special day without that popping into her head. My date is now my boyfriend of a year and she has always been cold toward him because of this incident. A-I-T-A.
2: Mmm. Wow. It's a doozy, isn't it? Uh, I, so, ooh, I kind of, I kind of went through a range of, of emotions and reactions yeah. as it, as we learned more and more, um, through the whole story. And, um, ooh, uh, my instant reaction is, I, I kind of think he's, he is the asshole. I kind of wow. feel, and I'm, I'm, I'm keen to hear your, what you think, but, um, I do think, I kind of get the point that, uh, if he wants to come with a male date, we should live in a world where oh, okay, cool. But um, right, that's the world that we kind of aspire to, isn't it? Is that somebody walks in with a male date, uh, a, a guy walks in with a male date, and everyone goes, "Oh, good for you, great," and nobody nobody bats an eyelid. It's said adding an eyelid at someone cu- at
1: at someone coming out is almost illegal. We want people to bat eyelids. Oh. We want people to oh. express a lot of positivity you know and
2: you set a trap for me Danny you set a trap I really (laughs) I didn't even mean to I didn't even mean to no I I know you didn't I know you didn't I'm teasing the thing the thing for me is like I don't see how OP can't have understood that walking in with a guy as his date at his sister's wedding wasn't going to be a surprise for everyone and wasn't also going to be a bit of a shock because what he actually says is they were shocked to say the least I had not formally come out as gay my parents were seemingly very liberal right Everyone was pleasant in the moment. After the wedding, he was met with anger. So actually on the day, everyone was nice about it. But then, yeah, people were pissed off after the fact. And I think I get that, though, because the comp- the comparison made to the pregnancy, you know, don't announce your are pregnant at a wedding. It's a douche move. Everybody thinks we shouldn't do that. So I do think, like, essentially coming out at your sister's wedding... Right isn't a very nice thing to do. You know it's going to draw attention because he says they're a Polish family, uh, admittedly they're liberal, but it's still, it is of consequence when you come out. I talked about that. I said queer people should come out when they're ready to, but this wasn't about you. This day wasn't about you. This day was about your sister and you did something that made it about you and to pretend that you didn't understand that I think is disingenuous.
1: So, you know, and I think that's kind of embodied in the quote. OP says, quote unquote, my sister never came out as straight. We all know that's not a thing. Right. And, and even though it's true, it's true that, you know, that's part of the, that's part of the tough part of the challenge of being gay is that you do have to come out. You're right. The word you use was default. I think that's a good word for it um assumed something like that but we're we have to live in reality i'll drop a classic here reality is real you don't have to come out as straight that's just simply not part of it so like you don't get to just be like well in an ideal world no one would have to come out as anything but it's like well we don't live in that world we live in the real world now my action here is sort of like i'm thinking like okay this happens at my wedding do i care probably not because Bullshit. Good, good for them, you know. Like to me, I'd be like, "Oh, it's so cool!" Now this other ridiculous thing happened at my wedding, you know. Like, ah, but, but myself. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I have one brother.
2: If your brother turned up to your wedding with a guy as his date, I assume your brother's straight, or you believe him to be straight.
1: Sure, sure. For the sake of argument, whatever. So,
2: yeah, like who you know, or whatever. It, if he turned up, yeah. If he ter- but if 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 you've known your brother to be straight, like, sure. Both of my brothers are straight. Um, they're both married to women. If I was getting married and they turned up to my wedding with a male date that they were dating, it would blow my mind.
1: But would you be angry? Care a lot about weddings, it's, you know, because that, that's where I was going with this is that generally I think, guys, we don't care that much. But do you? I mean, it's not necessarily the case.
2: I think I care about it being an important day for the couple that are having their wedding. So I was just at my best friend's wedding this summer. And if his sister had turned up with a woman as a date and decided that was the day she was going to announce at her brother's gay wedding, that she had actually left her husband and kids and was getting together with a woman, that would have really unsettled James on his wedding day and (laughs) been a massive shock. Okay, it well, was there. And I guess it, I'm a- it would pull focus. It would pull focus, would pull focus, I think, focus. because that's the problem. No, we will pull focus. I problem. think
1: look from the straight male perspective, I don't think weddings rank very high on our list. Weddings are sort of something we have to do. There's, you know, it's fine. Uh but look, I think brides classically and and you can tell me whether this is true about gay weddings, but brides classically invest a tremendous amount of energy. You know, we've done so many situations where you simply do not touch the thunder of a bride. You do not touch it. You don't announce nothing. You don't go on a big vacation at the same time. You better be careful what you post to Instagram. You don't mess with that thunder. And I, I think it's a thing. Um, there's a great Jim Gaffigan bit about this, but like a wedding is like a big role play. You know, it's a role play that you're kind of the princess or whatever, the queen of the kingdom, whatever. And that's kind of what it is. And I think every woman uh, or not every woman, but many women at least who fall into this kind of conventional, traditional mindset of a wedding uh, want that. And, you know, I think that's part of it. That's that's part of the magic of the wed. And, you know, she she's the one who has to marry some shitty guy. So good for her. Let her have her big day, you know, speaking heteronormatively. So that that is why ultimately I do feel P is an asshole because it's like, look, dude, like for, for for I feel like for a sizable number of women that I've met wedding the wedding day is like the most important day of their lives and you really shouldn't fuck with that uh cuz you know they they want that they want that memory they want the video they want to watch the video or or you know but a ridiculous amount of money a life changing amount of money <laughs> one of my exes mm. said we were going to spend yeah you know <laughs> upwards of six figures on the wedding and i was like oh my god <sighs> you know but god. and i and i and i'm not saying that every woman feels this way but i think it's fairly common and mm. so that that really is how I would approach it. It's just like, yo, man, you're just, you're really, you're really going to piss off a woman. And, and it's kind of obvious that that would happen. So you, you just don't do anything momentous.
2: I agree in principle, uh, but with, with a slightly different angle Here we go. in the, uh, you know, because I do believe, you know, the wedding industrial complex in America is off the chain. It's, 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 absolutely it's Coachella now, just it's Coachella, weddings so, are seven oh, days wow. now. It's just, it's a lot. But I think fundamentally what a wedding is, the day is supposed to be about celebrating a couple, celebrating their relationship, celebrating their union. So if you walk into that day doing something that is, you are aware, or you are aware is going to pull focus away from them and away from their celebration, then you are an arsehole irrespective right. of if they're being a bridezilla, irrespective of uh, how big or small their day is, the day is supposed to be about them and you've come along to celebrate them. And if you're going to do something to draw attention to yourself, which you're aware is going to draw attention to yourself, then you're just, you're behaving badly. It's, it's poor, it's poor form.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Now you're making me feel stupid. Like, why did I say all these generalizations about women? Now I'm going to get canceled <laughs> once again. Can't cover anything.
2: <laughs> I, uh, oh, Danny, uh, hey. just, uh, if you stay canceled, you can't get canceled.
1: There we can go. You, so.
2: Hey,
1: I said it people, women like weddings. It's something I've observed. It's empirical. Here we go. AITA for coming out as gay at my sister's wedding. I think we agree. Shockingly. YTA, mm-hmm. Not the right, yeah, the you're right the day asshole. for it. Yeah. Hey folks, we're going to wrap up here on a listener. submission, guys. We'd really appreciate, please rate, review and Subscribe. Uh, join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash AITA pod. If you want, you could join the high tier that Dan is in and you could get your very own episode or episodes in his case. He's number two. He's he's becoming a seasoned vet. So now he's going to get canceled. He'll never be back, but <laughs> I'm taking you down with me, baby. Thanks. Thanks. Here we go. AITA for evicting my friend for acting like my house is hers. Me, 20F, and my friend, 21F. Dan, what were you telling me earlier? You said when OPs are just young, that
2: my heart sinks. <laughs> it's my heart sinks when I read the ages, and you just go, "Oh, this is going to be really trite, yeah. isn't it? This is going to be about your inability to communicate clearly with each other." Um, is this going to actually be a real problem or is this just going to be something that makes me roll my eyes and go, just sit down and have a calm and clear conversation. And you'll probably sort it out in five minutes, but Go on, let's see. What, what are they this well, what is going on? It's an epic people?
1: post. It's probably gonna take us longer than five minutes to yeah. read. Here we go. V20F, my friend 21F. We've been friends for about one and a half years. You're right, Dan. I'm already rolling my eyes. But we had only known each other for about a year when I bought my house. Wow, OP's 20 and owns a house. Our house in May of this year, 2021. I hate living with other people and renting, so that's why I bought a house. Well, congrats, OP. All of us hate those things. We just can't afford a house. It's more bedrooms than I need, but I had planned to have a guest room and a fun room with the extra space. Around the same time when talking to her, she said that she was looking for a place to live since she needed to move out of the place she was living soon. I offered one of my spare bedrooms, guest room, to rent. She took the offer and moved in as soon as I got the keys. Side note, I work in construction and I'm away from home five to 12 weeks at a time. Whoa, he's a great roommate. I got the keys to the house. I was immediately called out for work. I'd only been home a few days to a week here and there until October 2021. I come home. I always get the same excuse of, sorry, the house is messy. I'll clean it tonight, which never happens. And I end up cleaning it the next day because I can't stand messes sitting in my house, mainly kitchen slash food messes. Now she isn't as bad when I'm home, but she's still fairly messy. And I still end up cleaning her messes. Whenever I come back home after being gone for a long period, I find all of my appliances put away and hers put in their place. When I made a comment about it, her response was, quote unquote, just use mine. Well, no, I'm not going to just use hers because I like to keep mine cleaner and they have different functions, even though they are in general the same type of appliance. It's one thing to put mine away temporarily while I'm gone and bring them back right before I come home. But I always have to pull my stuff back out. Her innovation suggestions, if you even want to call them suggestions, since most of the time it's I'm not asked about it, I'm told about it, are getting a little overboard. She told me she was getting a new washer dryer for my house and had to order them and was paying for them solely out of her own pocket. She even said she was going to be taking them when she moves. Older, but they still work perfectly fine. I told her to cancel the order before they had arrived into the store they were ordered from. She also insists on parking her car right in front of the door when in the beginning it was clear that she should park on the side so that no one is blocking each other and it leaves room for guests. But now, with the way that she oh. parks, it blocks some of mine. I have three vehicles, and don't judge because it's my house and my property. Well, actually, we are allowed to judge you, but oh, like that's God. too Sorry. many vehicles. <laughs> that's a ridiculous number of vehicles for one person to have, OP. I mean, congrats that you can afford it, but why? Yeah.
2: <laughs> anyway. Who, who are these rich kids? What you- Jesus Christ. Three cars in a house, and she's They better be 20 different
1: kinds of cars, like a sedan, a truck, and a van, at least, OP. You better not have fucking... Three Toyota Camrys. What are you doing, anyway? I bet they're classic cars. Hopefully, they didn't explain. Since it is now December and I've been home since October, and have free time on my hands, I've been unpacking and reorganizing. I just put my we're halfway through, folks. Hold on to your seats. I just put my computer desk up in the fun room.
0: This is just posts about how
1: many rooms and cars OP has. God. <laughs> computer desk up in the fun room where i'd originally planned to use it but hadn't been able to yet because of work i come home to find some of her pets have taken over that room four reptiles what reptile cleaning supplies all over my desk to where i had to remove everything and give the desk a, a disinfect a disinfecting wipe down Does downstairs to my room because that's where I feel is the only place I can use it. I feel like I don't even have an upstairs anymore because it's her room and the fun room up there, but she has taken the entire upstairs over. She put the four reptiles in the fun room because she wanted more pets and ran out of space in her room. She has 14 reptiles in her room and a cat. What the heck? When she didn't, she only had 12 and the cat with full knowledge of all the reptiles have to be kept in her room. She got more pets without even asking, permission she also likes to bring guys over to my house when I'm not home without my knowledge permission in the beginning for one guy that she was seeing and I said that's okay then um, she assumes it's okay for the first time meeting a new guy to bring him into my house she likes to invite them over cook for them while burning food and leaving the kitchen a mess and having them spend the night then kicking them out in the morning with a high chance she isn't ever going to see them again I come home from a weekend away from home to a complete mess in the kitchen and have to clean it up I always leave the kitchen clean when I leave the house I was planning on not renewing her lease in June and having her move out, but this is all becoming too much. I had expected to be called out for more work in November, and there's a chance I might not get sent out for work until May. I just couldn't take it anymore, and I want to feel like I actually own my house. I'm legally braced, and I emailed her a copy of the notice to move out by March 1st. She has yet to speak to me or see me in person at all since I sent that a few days ago. That she received it but I know she did because of the lack of communication and things in the house being moved so am I an asshole for making her move out of my house before her lease is up so, so this house has 14 reptiles I mean, 3 cars 3 rooms a cat redundant appliances
2: two, two, almost almost 2 washers and right, 2 dryers right. but maybe maybe they didn't actually arrive it has 2 sets of appliances that do similar things but not exactly the same thing I am so exhausted by these people. I know we're only supposed to judge on the last bit, aren't we? Am I on myself making a move out of my house before a lease is up? I mean, no, technically, because if you wanted to leave and the lease that you have allows you to give whatever 30 days notice, I guess, if she's saying, oh, it's more than that. She's, uh, what is it? Six, seven weeks. If it's moving out on the 1st of March. No. However, Are you an arsehole generally? Yeah, you sounded like one, to be honest. Um, (laughs) Because you can't write a short story. I mean, literally, one of the first things OP said was, I wanted to buy my own house because I don't like renting and I don't like living with people. And then the next thing she says is, so I rented a room to my friend. Exactly. But the first thing you said was you don't like living with people. And now what you've done is then go on at this tirade about all the things that living with how the ways in which living with someone has annoyed you so are you surprised op that you're now in this situation where you're having to ask someone to move out when you have already said this is something that you don't like doing
1: i have my doubts about op's credibility because of that you know it it just really seems like the thing about roommate relations is you can always paint a picture a certain way like we don't know any of op's sins like has op done anything annoying i bet they have you know, and like, if you're never home, I kind of get it. I, I do feel like the roommate should be responsive if you're not home. And then, you know, they're like, hey, I'm coming home in two days or I'm coming home in a week. Notice I, agree. I don't think it is fair to have the house be super messy or whatever. But like the fact I'm- much better when you're actually there to me kind of does say something, right? It's like part of this is your absence that's influencing our behavior, which is pretty understandable.
2: I have a roommate and um i i have actually been doing some work in a way but when i come back i always give him a heads up Say i'm Absolutely. coming back so g- give him a chance to do a bit of a whip round, bit of a tidy up don't need the place to look like the cleaner's just been but it does it's nice to walk into a place that's tidy so i get that this this whole dynamic is weird though because op doesn't like the fact that the roommate brings guys that she's dating over yeah which is weird like it's her house. The right? way uh,
1: the way OP said that, that was like, you're going too far because look, I think if you live somewhere, you don't have to get, you know, bringing in people. I mean, maybe because it's COVID. But at this point, I think we're all very tired of COVID rules. I mean, look, I had a shitty roommate when COVID started and it was in because she was like, you need to let me know about every single thing. And then she just said I couldn't have friends over and then she would have friends over. And I'm like, yeah, like that's bullshit, dude. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I also worked in the living room constantly, which was brutal. I was like, yo, like how come no one else can hang out in the living room? You're just like bogarting it all the time. And then one day me and my mm-hmm. girlfriend at the time, had like crazy brockus sex in my room. And she's like, how dare you? How dare you make so much noise? I was in the living room working and I was like, why are you in the living room working? This is Eddie's house, mm-hmm. you know? And so, but I could easily see her yeah. writing a thing like this about me and just like doing a takedown. You know, if you tell a one-sided story, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It just this seemed like this was doomed because OP opened us up. OP, you set us up saying, I don't want a roommate. Here's my roommate. And yeah, your roommate does sound insane. I mean, first of all, 12 reptiles. That's already like a hard no from me, dog. Um, if there's mm-hmm. an escape, what if they all work together to form a giant reptile ball? Hell no. Get out of my house with your 12 <laughs> reptiles. That is 12 too many. No reptiles. Then they have four extra reptiles. I mean, OP, I'm kind of trying to go with your side here, but I don't know the quality of your appliances. Like saying that this person would want to go through just the pain in the ass of getting a new washer and dryer. I'm kind of like, are your washer and dryer shitty? Like, are they barely fine? Do they look like shit? Like, I don't know what this person's thing is, but like, I'm kind of leaning ESH just because I felt like this was a doomed relationship and it is brutal to kick someone out on a lease and it, it kind of seems like i don't know does it seem like op has confronted this person dan and like trust
2: this no. no they're obviously not they're obviously not speaking to each other because the the roommate is stomping on boundaries the roommate not not with bringing guests over unless they've had a direct conversation and said i don't want you to bring guests over like it, unless she's directly said that then that's not a boundary stomp. Taking over the second room, taking over the spare room, the fun room, um, filling it full of even more animals when without asking—that's uh, not okay. But this is something they need to talk about. Uh, having having coming home to a messy place—that's not okay. But have these things been communicated? Have these conversations been been had uh, between the two of them to make it clear? I. I if I'm if I'm coming home from a time away, you know, you get to enjoy the place on your own, which is, you know, that's a great benefit to you. But if I'm coming home, then I I expect the place to be tidy. I don't want to walk into a shithole because that's gross. Right. There's nothing grosser than seeing someone else's messy pots and pans and plates yeah. and and cups and glasses. It's, just, it's bad enough seeing your own stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's nothing there's nothing it's it's bad enough when it's your own stuff and you know you've got to do it but when you come in and it's someone else's and it's like this is someone else's crap i don't want to have to look at it let alone you know i'm going to have to tidy it up have they actually had a conversation about this or you know fundamentally does op just regret bringing someone in and has now laid out a litany of things they've done wrong to try and build a case for please let me off the hook for kicking this person out you know 3 months earlier on their lease when actually I haven't really done any of the work that I could have done to try and improve this working relationship or this living arrangement because I don't want to, because I don't want to live with them at all. Oh,
1: uh, this reads to me. Uh, there's not a lot of sins against you, but honestly, I just feel like this was, this was destined for doom. this <laughs> point. I don't know if you're going to be able to make it work. And like, it just does seem pretty far gone here. And let me tell you, there is no faster highway to ruining a friendship than being roommates. Personally done it uh, at least <laughs> a few times. So I think we see eye to eye on this one, Dan. AITA for evicting my friend for acting like my house is hers. I think we agree. Everyone sucks here.
2: They do. Sorry. Dan, Thank- so
1: much for joining me today. I'm so happy. Uh, I learned so much. And uh, everybody, check out um, Are You Proud? We'll be able to watch that in the States or because can you watch it online or is it available?
2: You can see it online in the UK. Um, we are, we're going to be in on TV in New Zealand and Australia wow. this year. Um, and we should be coming online in America at some point later this year. Well, let me year. know.
1: We'll throw it in the Patreon. We'll, we'll spread it out there. I know our, our listeners will be interested to see. And uh, yeah, uh, thanks again for listening, everyone. Please rate, review and subscribe. And uh, join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash AITA pod. Dan from London, thanks again. And uh, it was great to see you. And we'll see you again
0: soon.
2: Thanks, Danny. Take it easy.